I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, they sneak up all the Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening You're pinning words All like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2017. Uh-oh, Luther know how to do it. Okay. Look at him. <laughs> I've learned a lot while listening to your show, let me tell you. We crazy, ain't we? <laughs> so y'all know how... Go ahead. In fact, there was a writer, um, Terrell Lawrence, mm-hmm. who... I saw him at the guild at an event, and I'm like, I swear I've met you before. I just, I really do. That's the homie. Uh, And I hadn't, but his voice sounded familiar. Mm -hmm. And I said, wait a minute, you did Hilliard's show, didn't you? (laughs) And he said, yeah. I said, I can't tell you how much I learned from that episode. Absolutely, because it was just, because it was so comprehensive. You Mm -hmm. went in Mm -hmm. about his working at ICM Mm -hmm. and and all of that. And then you gave him advice Mm -hmm. about saving his money and Mm -hmm. all that. I was like, I literally listened at least three times. <laughs> At least Live it in your Shout peace. to Terrell What's okay. up Terrell What's up T So y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room On the show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that mm-hmm. So I'm excited today Got my big bro Luther yeah. in the house Y'all don't even know We need to go you. back yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's up? Lisa Lisa Coat Jam mm-hmm. Looking all tan Look She's been sitting out She's been at the pool The last five days Just chilling Sunbathing <laughs> And I'm excited Because in two months I'll be in New Orleans Okay uh, Tracy was giving me Some places to go uh, Hit up Because you know uh, Shrimp and grits You know So I'm You know The foodie in me is always looking for good food. I'll connect you with um, Nate and Tyreek. Maybe you meet up with them. Yeah, you know, it's I mean, like they're I, like two I, hours away. I, but please, you know, I will hop in. Look, <laughs> I will get in the lift and be like, "Look, take me over here. I need yeah. to get some food." Go down to Abbeville. Okay, and see what it's like. what's going down there? That's they see my is. ass walking around my Southern Cali Valley girl. They go like, hey, "You not from around here?" Nope. <laughs> but I'm here now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then we got my man on the show, Mister. Tracy Grant, mm-hmm. writer, Back. producer. Again. What's yes. going down? What yes. it do? Nice what? to be with you all. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we're going we're gonna to drop some jewels like a robber on the run. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like a robber on the run. Man on the run. That's the goal anyway. We might just act stupid. But. <laughs> we just Why are you tearing up, I'm girl? Just saying, we just need to have a book of blackisms. Yeah. Yes. Like the stuff that we say. Because sometimes black people, I got to tell you, you know, I love all people. But black people, we are language and how we describe things. And when we make up words so and stuff. Original. It's so it's so original and it's so it's so beautiful. Well, you remember I had my dude, but I'm just laughing. Like, remember I had my friend um, Edwin on the show with his new app. Yes, um, uh, slang and friends, right, right? Which is like that words and friends, right? But he has ludicrous, he has ludicrous yeah. 
or whatever. So he's totally tapped into that. Yeah, so, it's just yeah. like the stuff that we say, and like there's certain like there's certain giveaways mm-hmm. that we say. So this like if, if anybody's like an uh, incognito, like if you want to know if somebody's an <laughs> undercover black person, there are certain things that you say. True. Like you true. say the first part, and you wait for them to say the second part, and it kind of outs them. Yeah. Like, right. You, right. Right. You right. think you hiding, but I know. Yeah. But there's certain things that are blackisms, <laughs> right. and I do this on purpose. Some people mm-hmm. I've been looking at like, all right, I know I'm not trying to bust you out, but I just need to understand. So you'll say some things. Mm-hmm. Right. In the old days, we do stuff like hip hop lyrics. Like if it's really real, you say a lyric, and then they have to finish it. Like yes. you're for real, you yes. know. Yes. So I, you know, maybe that's my dream job when I'm an old woman is make a book of blackisms. It'll be called blackisms. Why not? You know, one on one. Start mm-hmm. it now. You know, definitely. Because I mean, the language amazing. changes so much, and it's so funny. But to it me. could be an ongoing series. Yeah, though, that keeps keeps changing. You know, See, that's what happens when you're a kid and you hang around pimps. <laughs> Y'all don't know. Back in the old days, it's, hey, we all had a listen. Listen, I knew some mm-hmm. people. I didn't realize they was pimps till years later mm-hmm. when I knew, but you didn't know. You didn't say anything, and you ask. And so, some of that language and mm-hmm. how we say things is just. I was like, why was he always saying, "Where's my bitches?" Why was he always saying and that? Why were the bitches <laughs> hanging around? I had a lot of babysitters. Yes. I had a lot of babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> You were babysitting for them and you didn't I, even I know. I didn't even know. I didn't yeah. even know. But it's like, on this deal. I'll be right back in two hours. You just stay here and watch. <laughs> Look, we go upstairs. Go upstairs. Look, we got shit Child, to do. I got here. stories. <laughs> Slip you a little cash. So y'all know how we do it on the rant room. <laughs> if you guys are ground, let's go ahead and get it mm-hmm. in. So like I said, we got my man on the show, my big bro. Luther Mace, what's up? How Ryder? you doing? Yes. Um, this is a full circle moment mm-hmm. because my first internship was on this lot. Really, it was on yeah lot? Wow. at HBO Entertainment News. Oh, HBO used um, to be, and it was called Warner Hollywood Studios yes. back yes. then. Yes. Um, so yeah, this is a full circle moment oh, cool. to come back and do the show. Oh, like nice, here. <laughs> nice, nice. That's what's up. But me and Luther go back, so. It's a trip because we have like some of the most intimate conversations yeah. with each other all the time about this industry. So it was, I'll never forget, and we'll get into your story yeah, like and sure. how, you, how you got on the show and all that, but I'll never forget. And you and I, you know, we'll have like when Terrell got on the show, when, when the twins got on yes. Empire, we yeah. were just bawling. Yeah. There's another one, when he got on the show, I was just bawling. Because you've you seen people I mean? who put in that work and you know mm. the years that they put in and then you see things that are coming to fruition yes. and, and it, it just... It just reinforces what we've been telling people all the time. Mm-hmm. You build on your career, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a slow, sometimes methodical method, but you build on it. And then when you mm-hmm. see your people succeeding, you know you just want to just turn up for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's amazing for sure. Yeah. And it, and it seems like it comes when you were like, should I be doing this anymore? Yes, don't it? Oh. You felt like, oh, come on, let's tell them. Luke. Yeah, absolutely. You know how it works. Yeah, no, I was uh, the day before I got the call for this show. I literally was having a con- and I think I told you this. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with my friend at because I used to work at HBO at the HBO Emmy party, mm-hmm. um, and I just was resigned to the fact that you know what it may not happen. And I looked around and I was like, well, I work for a great company, mm-hmm. and you've ex- I mean the people there were like we're so close mm-hmm. and and we've interacted since I've left. The company. Um, and you were there for a while. Uh, for 19 years. Yeah. And, you know, I just accepted, you know what, this dream that I've been chasing may not ever happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. Now, internally, I can feel my spirit 
letting go. Mm -hmm. Like you just, I was resigned. That's, yeah, that's how I felt. Um, and li while we were having the conversation, literally like Julia Louise Dreyfus walked by with an Emmy in her hand. <laughs> okay. And bitch. I'm thinking, you know, there are worse places to work <laughs> mm -hmm. in the world. Okay. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. They've been great to me. Um, they still are the creative leaders in this industry. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. look to, at HBO and what they're doing. Right. And then, I mean, look at the other platforms and how they've sort of patterned their mm -hmm. programming after how HBO does it. So... I'm like, you know what? I could work at much worse places. What and department were you in? Were you I was in, in labor relations. Okay. Uh, not all 19 years. I temped for a while. Then mm -hmm. I was in legal. I temped. I left to try to be a filmmaker, mm -hmm. which, you know, for me, it's all about craft development. So, you know, I may not be Ava DuVernay. I may mm -hmm. not have her vision. But I was still practicing my craft. You have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then came back, got a job in the labor relations department, and I had landed there the longest. So what do they do there? What's that department? That's basically dealing with guilds and unions. So all the negotiations mm -hmm. that just went down with both SAG and right. AFTRA and the WGA, mm -hmm. they were involved. Mm -hmm. So it's ironic because I, rem I spoke to some people on the WGA negotiating committee, mm -hmm. and I'm like... I think you know my old bosses. <laughs> and then I started naming them. Oh, yeah. Like, exactly. he just, oh, yeah, I know her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. Um, so, literally, after accepting that I may not get, you know, anywhere with the writing career, the next day, toward the end of business day, I got the call. Oh, they want you in Survivor's Remorse. Wow. And I was like, it took Two hours to convince <laughs> me that to it stop was crying, real. First of all, right? <laughs> well, actually, like, I didn't even believe it. Who was playing on my phone? Yes. Basically, because yes. my manager said it, and I just thought, "This can't be real." <laughs> like no one's ever called before. No one's ever made that offer. Right. right. So, no, and I didn't for this round. I didn't have to interview. So it was just it was a an offer. Can we tell the kids how it happened? Up, uh, sure. Well, well uh, just tell them a little bit about you, and then let's tell them how it happened, right. just to back up a little bit. Sure. So uh, you want me to go back to... Yeah, just back up. Okay, so I'm from Spanish Harlem, New York. Oh, Tracy? Yeah. New York. Okay. Homie in the house, no doubt. Yes. <laughs> where, where are you from? I grew up on the Upper West Side. Okay. But I was on 131st between 5th and Lenox for many years before coming out Oh, wow. Out so, yeah, that's not too far from the not Apollo a, Theater. Yeah. That always gives people... Uh, yeah, Schaumburg Harlem Hospital. That oh, was that yeah. was my hood. Yeah, my... my uh, I had two aunts that worked at yeah. Harlem Hospital. Yeah. Looks like downtown now is very different. Really? <laughs> well, New York is, is the it's whole other yeah. conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm from Spanish Harlem. Um, lived there for the first 17 years of my life. Okay. And sort of knowing that I was... Not your traditional neighborhood kid. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, I always felt like, you know that song, uh, one of these things is not like the other? Right. Mm -hmm. I always felt that way. Mm -hmm. And um, something, and the kids, they zeroed in on the thing that they know is different than most of the other kids. Mm -hmm. um, and it was torture. Mm. It really was torture. Um, and then I did, I, Knew I wanted to go to college. I've always loved school. Mm -hmm. Television and school were my escape. Like, I like learning. I like reading. I love writing. Um, 
So I knew when I was going to go to college, it would be anywhere but New York. Because you wanted to get out. Yeah, because I wanted to escape that experience. Mm -hmm. So I I remember looking through a catalog, and I was interested in directing, Mm -hmm. writing, and uh, producing. And Emerson College was the only school, I I, I know this isn't the case really, (laughs) but I guess in the region, Mm because Massachusetts really isn't that far from New York, Mm -hmm. because I could have come to UCLA, I could have, right, Right. you know. But um, Emerson just offered everything I was interested in. So I got accepted to Emerson College, and that changed my life. Hmm. Like, because I was exposed to a world that I hadn't, ever experienced before Mm -hmm. because you're meeting people from different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. um, different cultures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to this day, even though I'm still in debt from my (laughs) (laughs) psychology, it's real talk. It's not cheap. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, Private schools. And back then, I mean, you know, it's so funny because you look at some of these writing checks and Mm -hmm. you go, one check would just wipe Mm -hmm. away a debt. But, you know, I haven't achieved that yet. So I'm still paying that off. And honestly, though, I wouldn't change a thing because the experience was worth every Mm -hmm. dollar and the quality of people who are still in my life today. Mm-hmm. It, it, now, do you guys have a mafia here? There is an uh, uh, an, an Emerson mafia. Okay. I'm not really a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know who you are. Yeah, they know that, right? <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I I I'm I receive emails about it, and you know, mm-hmm. there's a Facebook page. But I feel like it's a different generation. Mm, okay. Like, cause I've been it's here the new so kids, long. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like okay. these kids. Whenever I go to alumni things, and they're like, oh, I graduated in 2008. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to get into that. I sort of murmur, oh, I don't know, 19. <laughs> I won't say. They're like, I wasn't even born. Okay. Right. Oh, I, I hate that one. <laughs> Millennial. <laughs> like, I remember I had a meeting with someone um, who, and I was talking about I had interned at all my children, mm-hmm. and she hadn't even heard of the show. What? Oh, wow. I was like, you know, with Susan Lucci, That's blasphemy, Erica isn't it? Kane. <laughs> That's not teaching the babies well no, at all. No, and no. she's like, I've, I've never heard of that. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is interesting. We can be friends. <laughs> you, you don't know who Susan Lucci is? Okay. No way. Right. It really, it really yeah. has. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, I thought I'd start with someone who, you know, mm-hmm. most people on the planet know. Just because the Emmy streak right. and all of that. It's part of pop culture. Mm-hmm. She didn't have no, no idea. Mm. So um, after I graduated from Emerson, you know, I did my final semester here in Los Angeles, um, which was a cheat because I figured if I like it, I'll stay and I have school to fall back on. So I'm not just visiting for a week or right. two trying to make things happen. Mm-hmm. So the internship that I landed at HBO Entertainment News and at BET, because I interned at BET too, um, just can I, a can I ask you a quick question? Mm-hmm. Is that how you got really? Because you're like really into politics. Is is that where you learned that, or were you always really into the news? And I love. I, I've always loved the news. Okay. I think it was the 2000 election. 
when mm. I was like, what? Okay. And, and the Supreme <laughs> Court you. making Thank decisions you. and this is, no. Mm-hmm. So I just became like, not obsessed, but I'm immersed in it. Oh, like definitely. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning to watch Morning Joe on MSNBC. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, especially during a like a mm-hmm. high, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> half the night. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, working at uh, interning at HBO Entertainment News and um, BET just gave me exposure to the business and just allowed me to get my feet wet. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, my first and in, the internship was here on this lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's still a reception. Is there a receptionist like at the front? Would you know? Okay. You go through the security and you go to wherever you're going now. Okay, because there was a, a wonderful woman um, named Rhea who worked here at their reception desk. Mm-hmm. And I remember her because mm-hmm. she was just so inviting and, and gracious. And it was on this lot, actually, that I first met Whitney Houston. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was doing wow. the looping for the bodyguard here. Really? Okay. And um, Rhea told me, you know, Whitney's coming, Whitney's coming. Mm-hmm. And everybody knew that I was a huge Whitney mm-hmm. Houston fan. And when I so I found my way over to where she was, <laughs> and I remember <laughs> strolled on over to the bath- building. Y'all got a bathroom in here? <laughs> <laughs> is that you? Is you? <laughs> and I remember um, Robin Crawford was in the lobby, and Nicole David, her agent, mm. and Whitney was upstairs doing the looping, and then she happened to come downstairs, wow. and I said the geekiest thing to her. I said, God has blessed you with voice. Hmm. Like when I think about that now, it <laughs> like just the feels you are so now, right? like, oh, God has oh. blessed you. <laughs> it just because, you know, again, like, you know, I grow up in Spanish Harlem. Right. She wasn't rolling through there, mm-hmm. you know. So you start, when you come out here and you start seeing people in your day-to-day, like, route, you go, this isn't my normal. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. So, you know, we've, and I'm sure you've all seen celebrities that mm-hmm. you've just kind of gone, wait, mm-hmm. that's Al Pacino. That is so and so. Like I said, mm-hmm. I was at the mm-hmm. Emmy party and Julia Louise Dreyfus walks mm-hmm. by with an Emmy in her mm-hmm. hand. That's not my, <laughs> so based on my background, that's not my normal. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so being do, doing the internships, get, getting the exposure. Wait, then, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. What did Whitney say to you? Oh, she was kind. Okay. You know, she wasn't like dismissive or anything okay. like that. And ironically, and I don't know if it's in my bio, but a few years later, I ended up touring with her. Hmm. Really? Uh, and went to South Africa. Yeah, I what joined the I wardrobe. Really? I had, That's incredible. She yes. kept. For some reason, and I and I have this. I don't know. I'm reading a book now called, called God Winks. Okay. Um, and it's really about the coincidences that happen in your life. That and, they're not really coincidences, right? Yeah, because yeah. I feel like God is trying to tell you something. Like, <laughs> God, like the movie, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. <laughs> she kept coming up in my life, like you know, someone that I met said, you know, they're looking for volunteers at an event. It was a World Cup in 94, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking for volunteers to help Whitney's team. And are you interested? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And I was working on the Martin show at the time. Mm-hmm. I, I fast forwarded a little so bit in right. terms of my career. Um, and so I, I helped out. I met uh, her people. And we hit it off. 
And a few months later, I get this call on my answering machine from the tour manager. (laughs) Right. Because I was living in the valley at the time. And her tour manager said, You don't know what that is. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Her tour manager said, listen, um, we have a spot uh, for in the wardrobe department uh, as a third wardrobe assistant. If you're interested, we'd love to offer the job to you. Hmm. I'm like, hey, you, you go to South Africa and da da da. <laughs> okay. I was like, unbelievable. Sure. <laughs> right. It's, wow. Right. Again, and you have to understand how huge of a fan I was. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, I loved Michael. She was still hot at this time. Oh, yeah. This mm-hmm. was the, the, the end of the bodyguard tour. Oh, so, yeah. seeing that mm-hmm. experience and a celebrity <laughs> at that level mm-hmm. was just insane. And, you know, I, when I got there, it, they were still in New York at Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. And she played Radio City Music Hall like three weeks. Um, and it was just the most surreal experience. I remember the, when we got to South Africa, she, it was November and it was Thanksgiving for us, mm-hmm. but they don't celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an American mm-hmm. holiday, um, and we all had dinner together. Really, it was just it was just the weirdest thing. Mm. So yeah, um, but to back up a mm-hmm. little bit, worked at the Martin Show, which was my first sort of big break in the business. Mm-hmm. You know, people were just starting out. Right. Martin really was. What, just what season? A, first season. Yeah, the second really? half of the first season. <clears throat> okay. So, you know, and it's ironic that Tashina Arnold is on the show that I'm on now. See but how it comes right. yeah, I'm trying right. to tell you. Wow. And when I interned at All My Children, she was on All My So I right, met her on All My right. Children, wow. then Martin, mm-hmm. and then, and I see her all the time mm-hmm. at events and stuff. Mm-hmm. So between that, we were still in touch mm-hmm. just via mm-hmm. like running into each other. And then, you know, to get Survivor's Remorse, and she's on that. I'm like, oh, and then the God, reading mm-hmm. the God Wings. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she's the link mm-hmm. in my, in my yeah. life. Right. Um, so I worked on the Martin Show, which was an incredible experience. Uh, just, Learning the business, exposure to everything Mm -hmm. and everybody. Um, And that's how I got hooked up with HBO. Because Mm -hmm. HBO, Independent Productions, produced The Martin Martin Show. So, because that was, they produced Rock, Mm -hmm. uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. That's when (laughs) stand-up comics were hot and Mm -hmm. and getting shows. Um, So, worked on that. Went to work for Whitney. And then came back and worked on Living Single for a season. Oh, really? Okay. Which was a, and that's how I met Kim Cole. Uh-huh. And, and, and mm-hmm. that was a, a wonderful experience. And then I real all the while I was writing, like when I, I started really going for it when I was on the Martin show, because mm-hmm. I was exposed <laughs> to professional writers and just you know, script format. Mm-hmm. So my first spec was a comedy spec for Roseanne. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, that was a show Ooh, right there. Wasn't it though? <laughs> yeah. And ironically, you know, the, on Logo today, I was uh, watching like this, mo- my favorite episodes when Jackie gets, uh, she's in that abusive relationship oh, okay, yeah. with um, the guy she ended up marrying in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I wrote a Roseanne spec, and a friend of mine on the Martin Show suggested that I send it to an agent that she knew. Hmm. And he, I sent it off like let's say a Monday, mm-hmm. 
And like Tuesday afternoon, I got a call hmm. at, uh, from the agent's office at Gersh to come in because they wanted to meet with me. Hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, hmm. this is great. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. It, it was a bit overwhelming and intimidating mm-hmm. because, I mean, completely green. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what any of this means. So I went in and I met with him and he ended up hip pocketing me. And just sending me out on generals and, and getting my feet wet to the business. Um, and I attempted to write a Frasier mm-hmm. spec after that. And then I realized, you know what? Comedy isn't, I'm not, hmm. at the time anyway, mm-hmm. like that's not really my area of interest. Right. I was like, oh, let's do dramatic. Right. Not so, to mention, I've read a script to yours. You write female characters really well. Oh, thank you. So I'm sure you found that somewhere. Mm. Um. <laughs> It's interesting, the background, and mm-hmm. you know, I like characters who um, like resuscitate themselves. Mm. I like them to go through something mm-hmm. and then come out on the other side. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm gay or whatever, mm-hmm. my, my connection to that aspect of myself, and so certainly the understanding what it's like to sort of be tortured as I talked yeah. about earlier yeah. yeah I get that mm-hmm. so I like writing characters who are sort of tragic in that way yeah okay. so you have a lot of <clears throat> early in the business experience with mm-hmm. all of those gigs you can t- and it's great to hear like you were writing you got to a point pretty early where you were clear that you wanted to write talk about what you did in terms of your day-to-day duties at HBO or the Martin Show, the things you did that helped position you for maybe other opportunities or things that you thought could help your sure. writing, even if it was just mm-hmm. doing your job well, right. but seems like you had that in mind, like you were strategic very early. Well, what was interesting is what confirmed the writing for me was I remember ironically watching Whitney rehearse. Mm. And I was like, she's born, she was born to do this. She's mm-hmm. doing the thing that she loves to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm a great writer. Uh-huh. I just think that you should pursue the thing you love. Mm-hmm. And that sort of let me know, okay, you know what, just keep writing. Mm-hmm. So I went on to write a number of, at the time, existing spec, mm-hmm. uh, existing show specs. Mm-hmm. Um, while I worked at Living Single, while I worked at Dangerous Minds, which I didn't even mention because I transitioned over from uh, situation comedy to one-hour drama, okay. um, just because I wanted to see something different, right. uh, experience something different. Um, and, that was a, and that was a great, thank you, mm. that was a great experience. Mm. Um, and then when I got to HBO, it just... Being exposed to the corporate culture mm-hmm. was a different beast, mm-hmm. um, and it allowed me structure. Mm-hmm. You go in at nine, you leave at five. That affords me time to go network, mm-hmm. which is a big part of what we need to do as writers. Mm-hmm. You need to build a roster of people who support your your journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, cause you, you're not going to get on a show really without the support of someone on the studio side. An ally. The, <laughs> like yeah. we were talking about in the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, you just need that. Mm-hmm. So my day to day duties, I kept, I didn't really blur the lines. 
I mean, everybody knew what I wanted to do and what my interests were, mm-hmm. but no one really sort of. I never said, so here's my script and can you get me on a show or mm-hmm. here at HBO? Because I knew, having been there, that that really wasn't how things worked. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to work on a show, I would have to go in probably as a writer's assistant mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, let's talk about that because I always wonder that. Because <clears throat> I know a couple people like you who work at different studios or mm-hmm. networks or production companies. And they work there for years. Mm-hmm. And to the outside, a writer's going, duh, you work at HBO. Why aren't you on a show? Right. So let's explain a little bit more about why it is they can't cross that line. I think that's important. Uh, um, you know, it had maybe, uh, I don't think it's a written rule, mm-hmm. but I think it based on the, the time that I was there, I can't think of one person who was hired from the administrative side who went on to a show specifically as a writer. Okay. Now they may have gone on at like a, a someone that I know um, went on um, even if they wrote even if they wrote their own specs they still didn't right yeah okay no. um, a friend of mine went on newsroom okay. as um, a writer's assistant or a researcher mm-hmm. and I think um, Aaron Aaron um, Sorkin ended up getting rid of his first season writers. And then just sort of promoted the person or, or the people who were the administrative assistants or um, writers' assistants to writing gigs. Wow! Mm-hmm. But which is great. Mm-hmm. But you know, he didn't. Tra- my friend didn't transition from HBO casting mm-hmm. to writers' room as a writer on Newsroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I can think of other examples too where people went on the production. But they didn't necessarily become writers immediately. And I guess, I guess and you just you just talked about it a minute ago because I've heard of, I think we might even have people on the show who talk about how they worked at some company mm-hmm. and figured out, oh, I can actually, I know the assistant, I'm close to them, I can get them to put my script on the top of the, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of that right. stuff too that you probably could have done if you wanted, do you feel like there's still uh, yeah, uh, and I felt like procedure you know, when, to it or whatever right. the when I worked there, I mean, I have really good relationships with uh, you know top level executives. Mm-hmm. So I would have even felt if I felt it was appropriate, I would have said, you know, would you please read me and consider me for this. Um, my samples actually didn't even, and you sort of have to know where you work too. And my samples didn't feel like they were necessarily like HBO flavor. Hmm. Like my samples, you're like were, Desperate Housewives, a lot of such I, right? <laughs> like you know, ABC, you know, mainstream networks. Mm-hmm. I'm developing edgier material now, mm-hmm. but at the time, I, and I didn't have a sense of direction. I just wrote what was in my spirit mm-hmm. and just wanted to get that out. And it just happened to be uh, lighter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it wouldn't have even been the right, because then you, you, if I were to do that, and then they read me and go, well, that's cute. <laughs> but <laughs> where do you think you're going with that yeah, on that one of our shows? Uh-huh. Um, so you sort of have to know what you have mm-hmm. and where you work and what your contacts are. Um, so yeah, I, people can do it. I just, for myself, I, I just thought, well, there's a world outside of HBO that mm-hmm. I could sort of market 
myself and develop and make friends and and network and and you know I'm a member of the TV Academy and mm-hmm. I'm always at events there mm-hmm. the Writers Guild sitting on different committees mm-hmm. and building that roster of, of, of people who are professional writers mm-hmm. um, and other organizations too that I'm a part of where you meet young executives who are on the ride sure. so I I was like well I don't really need to exploit that because it wouldn't be the right fit mm. so yeah okay that makes sense that makes yeah. sense mm-hmm. so how did it finally happen that you got Staffed. Oh, um, and let's tell people the show and all this stuff. Because like we got to talk about the show. <clears throat> right. Okay, please. Yeah. Um, so the show is Survivor's Remorse um, on Stars. And I was up for the gig in 2015. Yeah, 2015. Um, I interviewed with the, the studio mm-hmm. and the network, and it was great. And then I got a meeting with the showrunner. Hmm. And for whatever reason, I didn't get it. And I was so, like, crushed because mm. you feel like... Mm-hmm. I'm in the room. I'm there. I, I'm yes, this close. Yes. I'm, yes. Lord have mercy. Just a little. Uh, and it feels like, you know, I always quote it to the NBA. Fi- like, this is game seven. <laughs> yes. This is eight. Yes. Like, it's... Because everything... It's 102 to 102. Like, right. Rolling <laughs> off my finger in the net. Ah. Literally. Like, and I remember... I, I thought it was a good interview. And I remember... Getting Getting in my car afterwards, and um, I had a, a, Anita Baker's giving you the best that I've got. I, I just everything. <laughs> okay. I gave you everything, everything. that I had. <laughs> um, and not to get it, yeah. it was like crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it took a while to recover from that because you never know why you don't get something. Are you going in with Anita Baker and coming out with Donnie Hathaway? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, 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 you know, in hindsight, things happen for a reason. Right. So, you know, for whatever reason, that didn't happen then. But I started a personal challenge. I read um, Shonda Rhimes' book, um, the, Year of, uh, the Year of Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I gave myself this personal challenge. And I said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say yes to things that make me uncomfortable for a year. Okay. Just whatever. The, mm-hmm. Whatever is put before me, and part during that time, I happened to run into Tashina Arnold, <clears throat> and she said, and I told her, oh, you know, I was up for the gig and I didn't get it, and you know, whatever. And I met with the showrunner mm-hmm. and and a few other people on the show, and she said, try again. And I said uh, to myself, oh, jeez, <laughs> can I go through can't that? Do it. I can't, can't do it, right? <laughs> She said, no, try again, because I guess as an actor, you know, they know. You Mm -hmm. just got to keep plugging and playing. Mm -hmm. As writers, we know that, Mm -hmm. too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, your ego is, you're hurt. I was was there. They should have just. Right, right. Um, And I went home and thought about it. And then I reached out to my contact at the studio. And Mm -hmm. I said, listen, I'm. You know, I'm interested in the show um, still. And if there's room, uh, you know, please consider me. And my contact said, you know, listen, um, I've already submitted your name. I can't make any promises. And I said, okay. And I didn't mm-hmm. think anything of it because it. I figured, you know yeah. what, whatever. It's in the ether. <laughs> right. It's right. It's out there. Yeah. And I didn't hear for a long time. Like it made what felt like a long time, maybe mm-hmm. a month. Mm-hmm. 
that's a long time. And right. And then, <laughs> you know, I was at the HBO Emmy party, and then the next day, like I said, you know, I got the call. Oh, they were. So that's why they didn't want or they didn't need to to interview me this time because they remember me from the year before. Mm-hmm. It was just whatever reason. Right. And, you know, I'll never know. And I know you don't go in and explore well, what mm-hmm. happened a year. Yeah. Like, you know. It helps having an executive probably make a call. Mm-hmm. Right. You know and what it, I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, I know the people from Stars from their days at HBO right. as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Is that a spinoff? Uh, no, not at all. It's not at all. No, it's just it's just its own independent okay. cable <clears throat> paid company <clears throat> um, now owned by Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. So well, Chris yeah. Albrecht, when he was at HBO, yes. he left. And he oh, he started stars. his own thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah, he went to Stars. Oh, he from went to HBO. Okay. Right. So I imagine he took some people or encouraged yeah. some transitions because he's an amazing human being like chris is i can't speak more highly Mm. of him um you know again people like i'm the kind of person and and you know this i wasn't intimidated by someone's title Mm -mm. like even though he was the president of the company right so, like, right. you know, mm-hmm. I'm not. I hung with Whitney. Why am I worried about you? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's my so cousin. Like, Whitney, my cousin. I had Thanksgiving dinner with Whitney. <laughs> exactly. So, right. <laughs> yeah, I just, I felt like, you know, I never crossed the line. Mm. I know people who did in terms of like asking Chris, can you do this for me? Can you do that for mm-hmm. me? I never did that. Mm-hmm. I always stayed in my lane. I tempt for him. Sometimes he would request me to sit at his desk Mm -hmm. when his assistant was out because I think he trusted me. Mm -hmm. He knew I wouldn't go through his stuff. Mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah, I wouldn't go through his contacts and write. You know, people would do. Look, I'm I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. I respect what you do, and look at the history. I'm look at what I'm learning and what I'm around. Right. I mean, we have the Sopranos, Sex in the City, Mm -hmm. Six Feet Under. These amazing, groundbreaking shows. Right. Under his watch, the Larry Sanders show, mm-hmm. and um, another exec, Carolyn Strauss. Like, why would I uh, screw that up by trying to like, hey, you know, can mm-hmm. you hook? Your time will come if it's going to come. Correct. You just have to keep working mm-hmm. and and not be an asshole. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, people like you enough. And they're willing yeah. to give you a break. Yeah. <laughs> you so know? real. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. So you real. Know, Other than not getting the gig, mm-hmm. well, let me back up for mm-hmm. a sec and give my man Hilliard some props. Oh, it's fine. Why this podcast is the shit for writers, in my humble judgment, humble but accurate judgment. It is. It is. The you shit. hear a lot about. You know, very famous and successful writers mm-hmm. will say, well, you know, I was very lucky to have A, B, C, D, and certainly we're all going to need some luck mm-hmm. along yeah. the way. But you hear a lot of, well, it's hard, and, you know, 10 years ago or seven years ago, you know, back when I had this one spec, you know, I couldn't get in now, but it was easier back then. Mm-hmm. So you, for me, you want to get something beyond... I was lucky, and yes. it was hard. Motherfucker, how? how? Some real nuts yes. and, and specifications. Even if it's not the rosy picture we would like it to be, mm-hmm. we don't want the doom and gloom either. But mm-hmm. you know, the real sort of truthful realities about what it takes. Right. So you know, Hilliard in this podcast does that better 
Absolutely. Than a lot of people. Thank so you. with that, other than not getting survivor's remorse the first time, mm-hmm. challenges, um, maybe the hardest thing about advancing your writing and what you did to get past it and overcome it. Mm. Um, yeah, it took it. Like I said, it took a few months, and then I just started writing more material. Mm-hmm. You get back up on the you horse, get back in there, and start writing, and you start writing again. And I, I ended up writing a, um, a pilot spec um, called Spanish Harlem about my, oh, okay. you know, you took it home. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I wanted to write something personal, <laughs> like mm-hmm. about my. That's the one that usually gets you in anyway. Yeah, Yeah. and it was a great exercise just Mm -hmm. to get that story out. And I had written, or my short films sort of had given me, Mm -hmm. uh, they were about a lot of my background to to an extent, but I even took it back further to like, you know, when I was 13 years old. You know, just reliving that experience. Um, And just, I had, there wasn't a specific game plan. I at the time I thought because I truly believe, um, and this is something that I really want to impart on, um, is that you know develop. And we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should develop a plan. You have to have. A there plan. should be. You should. There should be a roster. If you want to be a TV writer, you, there's a, a, a list of shows that you're right. You're watching and studying, and then. Sort of like if you're out networking and you meet people that work at this company and that company or whatever, just make mental note and then start to make the connection. And then once you've done that, come up with a compelling argument as to why you should be on that show. You know, I I wouldn't be right for a sci-fi show per se because that's not my Mm -hmm. background. But what made Survivor's Remorse connect for me was the fact that I come from um, I understood the main character's journey and I'm a huge LeBron James fan too mm-hmm. and I became a fan when more so when he went to Miami mm-hmm. which a lot of people are like what are you talking what are you what <laughs> what do you mean you, you, not Cleveland right, and I, but having come from you know Spanish like I just dreamed of a world outside of my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's okay to leave home. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've turned your back on your home. Right. You just the world is bigger than the four school the yes. four corners that you yep. are familiar with. Yes. Yep. That's it. And look what happened when I came out here. Mm-hmm. First celebrity, Whitney Houston, are you kidding? <laughs> on this very block? How ironic is that? Uh-huh. You know, and then ending up working and then on and on and right. on and on. Right. Going, you know, having exposure to all these different, um, incredible, like you, people, you, you watch the American Music Awards, mm-hmm. and then now I'm at a club and Janet Jackson's walking it. Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Had I stayed home in, in New York, that yep. wouldn't be my true. Yeah. That wouldn't be my journey. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I really understood LeBron's desire. At least I've never, I don't know him, I've never talked to him mm-hmm. about it. I just, from a fan's perspective, I felt like, you know what, he has a right to sort of move on. And I probably was one of the few mm-hmm. who was like, oh, well, you don't have to go back. You know, he ended up <laughs> going back to Cleveland yeah. anyway. But right. I'm like, you've been there, done that. And it, again, it, it's, it's, you're, not, you're not turning your back on where you come from. Mm-hmm. You're just moving in a different, you're, you're going on the journey where life takes you. 
you know, so. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. You know, we always try to bog, especially athletes, like, oh, they can't leave this team and go to that team. It's like they're supposed to spend their entire career there. Mm -hmm. But people fail to realize, unless you are a LeBron, they're moving your ass anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you, you right. know, right. you have no control over where right. you go. Right. You might think Absolutely. you're the hit of the whole show, right. and right. they'll they'll trade you for four other people, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and you'll be like, wait a minute, four gets one, right? Huh? Right. Yeah, Absolutely. I could build those guys because they're getting old anyway, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? How would you describe Survivor's Remorse for people who aren't familiar with the show? <laughs> it's a it's a story about a family that relocates to Atlanta when the um, Lead character, I'll just call him Cam Calloway, uh, lead character, um, signs a, a huge contract. And so they've relocated, relocated to Atlanta and they're learning to adjust to this new way of life hmm. because they come from the, I'll just say the Boston area, hmm. you know, an impoverished community. And you know, See, in the house that you lived in yes, Boston, okay, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, it just, so many things about the show clicked for me mm-hmm. um, that I. That's why I felt like I was able to make an argument as to why I would be right for this particular mm-hmm. show. You know, this wasn't Star Trek Voyager Nine or whatever. Like it just. I was like, yeah, I get this. I get the spirit of this. Mm-hmm. I can go in there and contribute what I know about my experience. So it just made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, and I'm, I'm one of those people because I, I, I believe that every writer has a genre that they write better than anything. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that, that most of us, like you said, you started writing comedy mm-hmm. and then you moved into one hour. And, I, and I've, read, I've heard your voice, so I know you still write comedy. Mm-hmm. But it's more long form, right? Yeah. So where I'm going with that is um, I'm the type of person, I've never been to law school, I've never been a lawyer, but if I were to go into a room about law, I would tell you about the time I sued somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I was going into Grey's Anatomy, I'd tell you about how many surgeries I've had. Right. You know what I mean? So that I could mm-hmm. talk about personal stories. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so to me, that's the key that I think writers miss is not can they write something, is how can they find, like you said, find that story within yourself to tell them in the room right, or to tell the showrunner in your meeting, here's the things that I would talk about. Mm-hmm. I might not have never been to law school, right? but let me tell you about a time a few years ago when I was hit by a car and I had to sue this dude. Let me tell you about that arbitration. Right. <laughs> you feel me? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, he's familiar. Right. Well, let me tell you about the three weeks I spent in jury duty. Right. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. Find those personal connections, and they'll be like, oh, he's got more stories. Or, you know, know, characters that you can relate to on the show, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't discover, honestly, Survivor's Remorse until, like, like literally in May. I was at WizCon, (laughs) and one of my friends was doing a panel on, we were just talking about, um, they were talking about black women on television. And so they were talking about these different shows. And so one of my friends was saying, oh, and there's a show called Survivor's Remorse. And of course, me in the background going, what show is this? <laughs> and she like started describing it. She started talking about um, Tashina Arnold and was talking about her character and all these, uh, these women. But she really focused in on Tashina because of the relationship she has with the, um, the Chinese character. Is it Chinese? Yeah. And how she was grateful that it was an older woman 
having a really because you know how the young kids mm-hmm. have their stuff, mm-hmm. but it was like the idea that really keyed in for her was this relationship with this older this older woman who's having like you know her, she's the the matriarch of the family, right? Who's come into this money and they're you know there's a new life for everybody pretty much, right? And here she is meeting this dude who's like a sponsor for her son for his shoe line, a billionaire. and he's a billionaire Chinese guy who's like into her, and she's like stop. Right. You're not really And so they start This like relationship And the show is, I'm like What is it So I remember literally I had like About a four hour break Before I had to go To another panel To do some stuff I went upstairs You just binged I binged No I did I went and got my Free week stars It's a half hour shows right It's a yes. half hour Yeah So I sat there And got like the free week For stars Because you know I was watching American Guys I was like Well let me hurry up Get this free oh, thing right, right, And let right. me watch this I said you know what I got some time mm-hmm. And there's 30 Child I only told myself I was going to watch like the first two just to see because usually it's like okay right. for two like I, usually I know yeah, you got to watch the second one because you don't know what they're, the pilot they're and still so, figuring but, exactly yeah and so next thing you know I look at my watch I'm like bitch I'm supposed to be at the dinner thing I had watched the entire <laughs> thing wow and it was so good oh thank you because yeah, it was like an amazing I'm just like I, did, I had no idea like I was so mad and mm. what made me even matter was <laughs> bitch this show's been around since 2015 yeah how the hell did I miss all these so literally I went through like the first season and then I went like the next day I watched the second season and mm-hmm. when I got back to Dago I finished the rest of them I was like I'm so mad and I had to thank my friend like thank you for like showing me this show mm-hmm. because what I like about it even though it's a drama there's this humorous moment and it's so it just feels so real to me well it's a comedy with such yeah, with dramatic right. elements strong and you got like elements. these gorgeous black men <laughs> <sighs> what's his name is it Ron Rico Ronrico Lee, yeah. Oh my God, he was fine when I used to see him on, on the episodes of Girlfriend. So I was like, a great actor anyway. <laughs> but it's like he's come like I got to see him come into his own with his character. Like I love his character. I mean, all the I mean, and the one sister um, who plays the sister on there, like Erica all the, Ash. Oh my God, yeah, she's amazing. So the show is just so good, and I'm so mad that I'm just now discovering. Because usually I'm on top of shows and I hear things. Because usually when you think of stars, they're talking about power. Right. Or they're talking about in the last, uh, this last year, everybody's been talking about American Gods. Right. You know, and I was just like upset that I was not hearing about this it's one show. under the radar. Yeah, yeah definitely. Even because LeBron is a... Yeah, he too still, mm-hmm. but it's like very yeah, you know, uh-huh. some shows that's their journey. Mm-hmm. They just they fly under the radar, mm-hmm. and I do are the social media for the writers' room, and you know what I'll do is I'll just do a search hashtag survivors remorse, and I'll find quite people will say like we can go on the feed now, and mm-hmm. people will say like. Oh, I'm just discovering the show, and I'm, I think it's great, blah, blah. And, you know, I respond to a lot That's of important. those questions or those statements mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know, I remember being a fan of a show, you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. I've written letters to shows. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Like, back in the day. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, and when I got a response, it was the biggest thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. So, you know, and people like, that someone from the show is responding right. to them and acknowledging that they have made a statement about the show. Mm-hmm. And I keep it positive. Sure. And I haven't come across any trolls or anything right. like that. Um, but I do think it's important to communicate with the audience. And, hey, we're coming back August 20th, mm-hmm. season four. Um, we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was an incredible year. It was my first year in the room with them, so there was a history. I'm so proud of before. you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a great time. The other writers 
were um, so welcoming because many of them had been on the show beforehand. Mm-hmm. So the, you know they do the either the fir- from the first season or they join second or the, mm-hmm. whatever the case was. But every single and there's a total of eleven writers. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody was just embracing, and it felt like a family. Mm-hmm. I was because I literally left the desk job on a Friday and started in the room on a Monday. So my <laughs> it was a career. Packed up your box of stuff. No time for literally. no bullshit. <laughs> it was so. Luckily, you'd seen all the episodes. You'd okay. have to scram and watch absolutely. them all over there. Yeah, or did you go back and just try to read? Well, re- absolutely. Re- I just of- you know I wanted to know the voices. I wanted mm-hmm. to remember the history, mm-hmm. and I had prepped for the meeting with the showrunner the year before. Had you and seen I, any of the scripts before? You no, see, I You didn't know what they looked like? No, I, I, I hadn't. But I had an idea of the stories and <laughs> mm-hmm. what have you. When I got there, I started looking at scripts because I wanted to see how they were written. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the showrunner's incredible. Like mm-hmm. His name is Michael Mal. I want to make sure I give mm-hmm. a shout out to him. Definitely. Um, he's incredible and embracing and... Like he understands the show, he knows what he wants mm-hmm. from these characters. But it's a it's a collaborative process, and it's a journey for us while we're mm-hmm. in there. Could you tell us how the room works as far as the board, people pitching, stories getting broken, <coughs> people getting sent off to do <coughs> scripts, all of that? Kind well, of yeah, it, it'll start with an idea. Um, and then we just sort of build upon it's a building block and mm-hmm. you build upon that as you beat out once we've landed on an area that will be explored you build upon that you build upon that um, then did, did the showrunner come with like here's what we want to do with Tashina's character this season or yeah like there, that, or I, there's a there's a Park. vision, okay. so just you know, for lack of a better, there, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. knows where he wants to go. Yeah. May you know, he's open to changing too. Mm-hmm. Like you know, maybe if someone comes up with some an idea that is like, oh well, we should go in this direction, and we've explored it. Yeah, that's definitely. always the best showrunner. Yeah, I hate when they're like, "This is what it is." Right, right. <laughs> Everybody you know, build you to fit, it. Fit to my <laughs> By the right. fourth episode, I see an episode about this. <laughs> right. And Sometimes it, it helps, but you know, yeah. And there's such diplomacy because what I loved about the process and what surprised me was, you know, we all give notes on each other's material, mm-hmm. and I remember, <clears> you know. Mike wrote the first few episodes and in the earlier drafts when he first sent out the scripts to all of us and we're like, well have at it mm-hmm. I was uh, is this a trick? Like, <laughs> I'm supposed to comment on my like you know and he meant it like mm-hmm. if you have a, a better pitch for a line mm-hmm. he'll use it wow yeah, yeah. You got something in, in one of the episodes. Right? Yeah, um, that I can remember because I'd have to go back yeah, now. Yeah. But I remember, and it's it's a small line, but it's my first line, mm-hmm. and, you know. And it was very nice. Like, yeah. You know, they they're great. Um, he was open to that, mm-hmm. and a lot of showrunners, I guess, aren't. They're like, you know, my way is the is the way, right. and good luck mm-hmm. for those who try to pitch and. Because I'm not going to put your stuff in anyway. <laughs> but that's not the case with him. He's very, he wants the best product at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. And that's a, that's a quality that I'd like to take with me 
um, when I'm running my own show. Mm-hmm. Like, not being so threatened by someone on my staff that I can't accept their, you know, hey, we're all here to make it great. Mm-hmm. So if you have a pitch that's stronger than what I have on the page, please, let's use that. Mm-hmm. One of the things I want to talk to you about, which is why I wanted to bring Tracy in today, <clears throat> was booking your second staff job. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about that, about about the difficulties around that, about about what it's like to be on a show and then it's done and then you're out looking for another job mm-hmm. again? You know, you want to talk about that? Well, I think <laughs> the convention is you look for that gig when you least need to actually be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're the most in demand when you don't need the position. <laughs> True. So we kind of know that catch-22. <laughs> Meaning I'm on a show, and that's right. when they're like, hey, we got another job over here for you. Right? You're on the show, of course, mm-hmm. you have to do the best possible job that you can. Mm-hmm. So maybe just talk about your approach to it and or what did like, your showrunner say in terms of next season contracts. Because sometimes if you don't know if the show is coming back, you got to say, look, mm-hmm. you all should consider other positions because we don't know. Yeah, I think uh, because it's a year-to-year thing, um, <clears throat> we were given the blessing to, hey, if you find another opportunity, mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike was really supportive of everybody in that way. Um, and staffing season just passed network staffing season just passed and you know my rep sent me out on mm-hmm. things and i emailed him and i said hey would you uh would you recommend you know be a, a reference for me and he's absolutely yeah. so you know very encouraging because we don't know what's going to happen and if the show gets picked up for fifth season who's to say that everybody's coming back <laughs> no one knows anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sort of have to keep that in mind. I think it would be foolish for any writer to assume anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for myself, I just, once the show wrapped, I was ready with material for my reps. And they sent me out, and I met some wonderful people at some great networks or what have you. And I read some awesome pilots, but nothing materialized. And, you know, hey, that at some point it's really not in your hands anymore. You you do the best you can do, and then, you know, something's meant to be, it will be. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't, then you sort of have to accept that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I know that, you know, Tracy, for you, you know, you've been going through seasons you know trying to get on staff but you've kind of like reinvented yourself behind the screen again you know as a producer and stuff so that's that's the route you chose to do for sure i mean it's it's challenging to say the least but like we've been saying um terms getting back on the horse Mm -hmm. continuing Mm -hmm. to produce Mm -hmm. understanding how you are and can be an asset to who you're speaking to as opposed to kind of coming in and, you know, asking to be put on, um, continuing to cultivate the relationships. Mm-hmm. We all spend a good bit of time at the Guild and yeah. mm-hmm. committees. You know, that's just one small piece of that. Um, so and you do outside, all of that. And, and look outside the Guild, too, at other, event, at other organizations. Mm-hmm. 
like I mentioned, the TV Academy. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That, you know, that's where the, you know, the Emmy players are, mm-hmm. essentially, you know. Yeah. Um, and I do, they have their, you know, mixers or what, and I do their mixers, mm-hmm. and I've met... Jen Grisanti's thing she does mm-hmm. once a month. Yeah, yeah. still going on, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, her, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Um, I thought of, but I was a little bit more strategic about my, the organizations that I joined. I said, hmm, it, like Jen Grisanti's, I thought a group of writers will be there. So mm-hmm. they're, they're like me. Maybe I should try to go to networking events where buyers are there. <laughs> or producers are there. Yeah, right. Definitely, yeah, sure. No. If I'm <laughs> selling my product, right. then I need to be in a room where the people are buying product. So to speak, yeah. I mean, you sort of, I'm speaking yeah. really yeah. broadly. Yeah, yep. But, you know, you, you try to be strategic about it. And I felt, and also, I mean, you can join any organization in this town for, you know, mm-hmm. the, you can walk down the street and somebody has sure. an organization. Organization of Black Screenwriters, right, which right. we all are part right. of. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to make sure that it's it's a, a, the right fit for you. Correct. And I, you know, I've been a, mem- a member of the TV Academy since I was 19 years old. Right. When I was, you know, living in New York, when it was a national, I joined the National Academy of TV Arts right. and Sciences, mm-hmm. which is the the East Coast, the East Coast version. version of it. Yeah, yeah. And now this is Addis uh, Academy of TV Arts and I Sciences. I tell writers all the time when they get hired mm-hmm. in television, that's like it's the first thing you should do, probably. Join the Academy. Nothing but love for the WGA, but the TV Academy. Absolutely. For exactly what Luther right. is, is. What are, what are the requirements about. to join the TV, TV um, Academy? Well, they have different levels. So they mm-hmm. have an active membership status, mm-hmm. they have an associate membership status. Um, and if you're a student, they also have a student status as well. And I'm the, and the requirements are basically screen credits or okay. not. So. I trans. I started because I started uh, all my children. I was in the daytime division, okay. but now um, when I when I became a writer on Survivor's Remorse, I immediately transitioned over to the writers' peer group because those are my peeps, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And but you, I needed legitimacy in order to do that because they wouldn't have allowed me to do it otherwise. So I mean I was still going believe me, I'm a you know I love soap. So it was yes. <laughs> like you're not <laughs> twisting my arm in the daytime division. <laughs> and you know, I've been at parties literally where like, you know, there are Huge movie stars, and then a soap star will come in, and I'll lose my mind. See, there's like those special niche ones where you could be walking around here. I'm the same way. Like, you can have the biggest name people. I'm like, I'm not even thinking about it. But something else comes up, <laughs> I will lose it. Right. Yeah, I remember being at, it was a newsroom, like it was a season premiere. Mm-hmm. And Jane Fonda was there, and like, you know, and I'm working, so, you know, I have to be professional and all mm-hmm. of that. And Jane Fonda's walking by, all these. And then I saw Erica Slazak. <laughs> from one life to live and I was turning a corner And she was coming in the opposite direction So we literally like almost ran into each other And I was like Oh my god he, you're here He cleaned out on <laughs> 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 And I mean, she was probably shocked That someone at you know uh, An HBO party there you go. Knew who she was Because mm-hmm. I, remember, I remember her looking at my tag Because you know I had on an ID right. And 
So you work here? I'm like, mm-hmm. surprised. <laughs> and I was talking about, oh, and I loved your Emmy submission. It was mm-hmm. great, and you should win this year. <laughs> but I don't want to jinx you. Right. Like, I'm so like, fan, I okay, fanned out. Like, yeah, fanned yeah, out. Love that. That's hilarious. So can I ask you something? As a mm-hmm. new fan mm-hmm. of Survivor's Remorse, can I make some fan requests? Absolutely. For some character thing? Okay. I need Tashina's character to marry the billionaire. So can we have a wedding? <laughs> can we have a wedding? They're the most endearing car- uh, couple, aren't they? Because like, like, there's like this tension where she's like, I don't even feel... And then it's like, they're made for each other, you know? And they're so different. Like, I really love the episode when they went to go see his parents. Oh. And then finally at the end, they're sitting there and then the mom realizes she's just like me. Right. You know, even right. though she's like this black woman, she's just like me. It's like these, these moments. So I need for, for Black Girl Joy, <laughs> and Happily Ever After, Right. I need them to be married and looking fabulous. Oh, uh, yeah. I need that to happen. Uh, yeah, so, that'd I mean, be great. if you can make it happen, sure, you I know, can make the suggestion. So when you up there and you're like breaking stories down and stuff, you can say, and you can use my name, Lisa <laughs> Bulatasha said. And I, heard, I need a fabulous wedding. <laughs> of course, I need Jashina's hair to be hooked up. Made right, it it'll be a Luke right. and Laura moment. You know, right. oh, 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 yeah, I get that. You know, I get that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, and and from what I understand, because uh, I've heard. Tashina in interviews saying that a lot of people really respond, especially black women. Oh my God, yes. Respond to her and 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 her and her intended on the show. Like they really get it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. This woman is like she came from she had a rough background. Mm-hmm. And now she's found love with someone who really loves her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Because their first meeting is so right. funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you think they're like the opposite. They're so odd, like odd couple. But there's something about their personalities that mm-hmm. actually fit. And you don't get to see. Plus, once again, you don't get to see that type of interracial right. couple. Right. It's not the typical white, black binary. Right. You know, you got a black woman. Asian man, Cassie and Chen. Cass- yeah, Cassie and it's and like, Chen. and you guys are doing because you you guys are like being inclusive and diversifying and making you know a Chinese guy sexy. Like, right? Who is not who is not going to be checking for him? He's <laughs> right. riding in the helicopters and stuff. Right. And, oh my goodness! Absolutely. Know? So we'll see what happens. But that was the one thing. Like I said, like if my friend hadn't been on that panel and mentioned the show, I wouldn't have known anything right. about it. But it was because these black women are really responding to the show. Absolutely. Especially my queer friends who are responding to one of the, the character, the daughter on the show. Right. And, oh my God, all the good sex everybody's having, the right. fabulous bodies. <laughs> like, it is everything. All y'all need to do, right. if all I need is some food. Right. <laughs> like, if you get me food, really good sex, <laughs> sexy hair and clothes and everybody's looking <laughs> fabulous like I'm a fan for life like those are my things that I need you know and it's like the and show has so much and I love the fact and please don't go to an hour format yeah alright I yeah. love the fact that it's like these 30 minute it's like little nibbles just of goodness yeah, it's just, just enough. enough that's what we're yeah. doing with Abbeville they're gonna be half hour yes. half hour yeah. dramas like there's a lot of people who talk about like m- once I discovered the show and of course mm-hmm. you're gonna go back through like social media and I was going through all the hashtags like trying to get a feel like why the fuck did I not know about the show? And I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out all the fans and, you know, there are men who love the show, but the women really respond mm-hmm. to the show because you've got these strong female characters, you've got these amazing male actors, these gorgeous black men, you know, because we don't get to see that many, you know, either like one token character, mm-hmm. they don't get right. a lot of airtime to speak. Right. But you're seeing like these relationships, especially the two cousins. Right. Like there's that one moment where... Who have like a brother oh my type God, relationship. Yes. Yeah. When they were trying to do the new contract, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm spoiler alert, people. Right, 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 right. Okay, you should have seen it by now, like me. <laughs> Wait, that's me. Shouldn't right, be telling right, myself. Right, right. 
that. But there was a moment where, you know, when especially with families with money, when new money comes in and people's relationships start to get a little a little fuzzy when Absolutely. money comes through. And it cha- money changes everybody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But there's a moment, there's this idea of trust between black men. And there's this, that pivotal moment where the, the, the older cousin who's like the manager is like, Reggie. I, got, Reg- I got this. Trust me. And where his younger cousin's like, I don't know. I don't know if you're doing this right. And there's like this moment they have where <clears throat> things work out the way they wanted it to. But there's mm-hmm. that moment where... You almost felt like you couldn't trust the black man to get the job done. Right. And I felt like there was that that moment. And I felt like that subtext is for a lot of black men in particular in Mm -hmm. business and the idea of, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I might not have the expertise that you're used to, but I bring something to the table that's valuable that's going to get us where we need to be. And we need to trust. And it it reminds me of black Hollywood (laughs) 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 when we have to stay together and create some things. Mm And trust that we can do that. So I just love the fact that the, the, the male characters are written so well. The women characters are written so well. And Thank you give you. me all the good sex, the sexy bodies, right. the gray hair, the makeup, <laughs> right. the bling. Like, it has all the things that I enjoy, right. you know. And so my only request is I need a fabulous wedding. Yeah, <laughs> I, would lo- I would love to see that, too. And I need food. Yeah, I need yeah. fabulous food. I need them to have a private chef that comes in and just show me some really good food every <laughs> right, now and then. Right. And I'm yeah, happy. Right. Or restaurant scenes. Right. You know, but right. I just... I, I love the actors. I think it's so well cast, too. Oh, yeah. Because I'm really particular. Like, there's certain actors I don't want to see every week. Right. <laughs> and there's certain... Ca- no. There's certain characters <laughs> that I like maybe two of them. The rest of them, if they didn't get screen time, I'm going to fast forward. Mm. I don't fast forward with the show. And charisma has a lot to do with... Like, you know, that brings you back. Yes. If you don't like the actor, if you don't like the character, then you're not going to return. And it's, it's great to hear that people do respond... Mm-hmm. To the actors on the show, yeah, um, and the characters, and, and that's can, really important. And can you think the creating a showrunner like for make a, creating a queer character where her queerness is not the issue, right. it's not the center, it's just an everyday thing, and right. everybody's cool, right? It's not a big deal. It's more like when you get married, when you go treating her just like everybody right. else, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, right? Because she's having great sex. Yeah, like there's certain is. scenes I was like, oh lord, clutch the pearls. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. I didn't know stars was doing this. Like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, stars, stars gets Ooh, it in. I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, they do go in. I did yes. not know. I did not know. I learned with American Gods. Cause I thought, well, okay, sh- but but American. Yeah. But I didn't. Okay. I did not know stars was rolling like that. You know, so and it's great that she has a sex life. Yes. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. you find that. You know, that aspect is implied but not shown. Right. Um, but that's the boldness of stars. That's the boldness of Michael Malley. Yeah. That's the willingness of the actors to go there. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and hey, as as a as a queer writer, mm-hmm. you know, I come up with ideas that I think may be good for M. Chuck and, you know, so, hey, and you pitch them and right. you see where they go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Luther. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed I appreciate this. And this is amazing. I've wanted you have to have to come, come back again. Time. Yes. So when the wedding episode happens, <laughs> you must come back with me and we'll have margaritas and snacks and we will yes. discuss, you know. Uh. I'm just so I'm just really excited. There's another show. Season season four premieres August twentieth. No, I meant for season five. For season five, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, it'll be interesting to see how the stories break and where it goes because there is. I, I won't give much away, but it's sort of it's it's been in the press, but. Um, 
we have some name guest actors coming okay. aboard that one may throw a wrench in that whole <laughs> relationship. Okay. So we might see some stuff. I'm not going to mm. say too much. But you want to see some angry live tweets? <laughs> Look, I already got on Into the Badlands about some stuff that okay. went down. Yes. So that showrunner's already been put on notice. Okay. <laughs> Don't sit here. Okay. You know what? I appreciate that you're warning me ahead of time. So when I'm sitting there with my glass of wine. <laughs> And I start watching the episode, and some stuff goes down. Yeah, don't get I Lisa's w- blood pressure. Yeah. I'm like, especially when I love characters, and you know, and stuff happens, and it's like, oh, well, because I don't, I don't get as many happy endings as I want to see. But mm-hmm. it's okay. It depends but, because I, hey, depends on who's throwing the wrench, right? And and listen, you know, conflict is what stories it are is. all about. It really is. And if a relationship is meant to last, if it's built to last, it will last, right? If their love is real. Then they will survive any. And Loki, Loki, I have to admit, sometimes I like angst and, <laughs> and sitting there fretting yeah. about whether they're going to get back together. And and I love those moments when they're separate and you see, and then they get back together. So I can I can take so much, right? But I'm just letting you know, right? <laughs> if right. I see some stuff, right? There may, and I know since you're doing the social media, I might I might even I might just call your name out on the right. I'm like, <laughs> I'll be on the Survivor Remorse Twitter <laughs> handle, Luther. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Turn on your location. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, yeah. Thank you for. I, I, I'm I driving up from you, Santa Ana right now. I love that you responding. Like, and and the fans, uh, people love those characters, and mm-hmm. they're a great couple. Mm-hmm. So hey, you know what? But like I said, I'm a fan of all the characters, and so I'm just really excited that there's a new show out there. And like I said, if my friend Indra, thank you for shouting it out at the Wisconsin panel on Black Women, because right. it was like. I would have not known. I, I right. mean, I'm not going to say that. I probably would discover it because American Gods, I probably went perusing through. Mm-hmm. But in terms of knowing the show and now being one of those Insta fans, like when you've binged oh, the whole wow. entire seasons mm-hmm. and you down for it and you've only heard about it since May, <laughs> like right. literally May 26, mm-hmm. 2017, where I thought to myself, I'm just going to go upstairs and watch a couple of episodes and then binge the whole thing. It's like, Which, to me, that's by exciting. By the way, are you watching season two of Fear the Walking Dead? It's all with the Native American. I gave thing. no. I gave Fear the Walking Dead two episodes, and yeah, they messed yeah, up, they and were, I was done. Yeah. Wow. So I don't want to see but nothing with Native folks it's, and zombies. It's I'm not. No. Wow. It's interesting. No, you didn't do people no, right. They're making the no. white man look bad. Trust me. Oh they, really? Oh yeah. That's why I was like, oh, you would love this episode. Are they California natives? They're. Uh, Are they? I think they're in Baja. No, Cal- they're somewhere. Really? Okay, I may have to go look. But it's interesting. Tracy, what and they got watching? real Native Americans playing them too. Oh, okay. Um, I'm watching. Billions. That's my mm-hmm. show right there. Very tough. Mm-hmm. Sneaky Pete all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Better Call Saul. Um, Queen Sugar. Everywhere we got Pete. Queen Sugar, of course. Um, Missed Underground. Upset. That Insecure it's not starts back. next week. Yeah. Oh, the twenty third. Coming back. They had a block party. Yeah, Inglewood. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of that. That is fantastic. What a that great is, marketing. That is called yeah. marketing That's genius. Smart. That is smart. absolutely. Like, I saw I saw some of the pictures mm-hmm. uh, from friends, and I was like, whoa, yeah. you guys went in. And that's what you should do. Know your yeah. audience. Yeah. Yeah. Know your audience. Respect your audience. Sure. Appreciate your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was trying to get Amy on. Today, yeah, and she was busy. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. She's, uh, <laughs> is anybody watching The Handmaid's Tale? No, I haven't heard seen it great things. Yeah, I heard it's really good. Though. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really haven't. I just am, and given our political climate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Seems very timely, huh? Yeah, and, and yeah, I just, I'm shocked. I heard the producers on, it was either Third and Fairfax podcast or it was on KPCC. It was on mm-hmm. one of them, but I heard mm-hmm. them talking about it. So, I mean, it got my inch. I just never turned it on yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's new. I guess it was released not that long ago. Yeah, it's in my queue to watch, but it's one of the ones mm-hmm. I want to wait and like just sit <laughs> a weekend and just go through. The before, whole thing. before you go it's back home, tough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say that it's tough. There's so much tension in every scene. Hmm. Uh, you know, from a writing perspective, you go, "Wow!" Hmm. Like, hmm. and again, given the climate that we're living in, and you think, "Well, this isn't as far fetched as we think it would <laughs> be." Um, it just it feels like it's it's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Emmy voters respond to right. that right. Okay. this year. Like in terms of will it get the wins? Will it get the yeah? Well, it got the nominations, but right. will it get wins? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so. we shall see. So what's next for you, Luther? Um, and then am, where are you at? Uh, yeah, social media wise, yes. right? Yeah, um, I am developing material now, yeah. um, a, a pilot, because uh, I'm really trying to be spe- like I just don't want to write something for the sake of writing it. Mm-hmm. I really want to connect with it, and just because that's it's your baby. You know, and I can't be as sort of undisciplined as I was before in terms of mm-hmm. just writing what I, oh, well, this is, I right. think this would be interesting. Right. This would be interesting. Like, I'm working with my team and coming up with the right idea that we think we could take to market. Yeah. Um, and with respect to social media, um, Twitter, I, our Twitter handle is, <laughs> the show's Twitter handle is S Remorse Writers. Um, so that's Twitter. At S Remorse Writers, um, and uh, for on Facebook, our page is uh, Survivors Remorse Writers Room. Okay, and what about you? Oh, me, I Twitter is Luther Eleven. At I guess you're supposed to say at but at, at Luther Eleven, number eleven, or a number okay. eleven, yeah. Okay. Cool. Which is my birthday, so I right. would just yeah. <laughs> lucky number, I guess. Exactly. What about you, Trace? Uh, on Twitter at the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y Tracy Grant on Facebook. Um, my Facebook icon has the turntables on it. I'm not the <laughs> other people, um, and I will respond. And you know we can chop it up. Still helping these goofy dudes get their life right. Um, get at me. Love to hear from from all the listeners. All right, cool. Yeah. Lisa, me on what fresh hell's this? Oh, and before I forget. Tell Tiana Paris I love her. <laughs> like that that script that that I wrote about them going off into the Appalachian Trail mm-hmm. that I wrote for her specifically. Oh, that's right. Yes. Wow. So just let her know that there's a script that is just for it her. Just for wow. And she's the lead. Like when I my book that I'm writing, mm-hmm. um, the one that I did the screenplay for, the one my sci-fi, my fantasy one that's set here mm-hmm. in Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. She's the character that I have in mind for my book. Really? So just let her know. Absolutely. She is my TV movie <laughs> wife. <laughs> I love her and that I want more things with her in it because she's amazing. Just yeah, beautiful, talented, uh, uh. just like, wow. The, I feel that way about the entire cast, like just... You know, aside from knowing Tashina, like mm-hmm. these guys, it's a discovery for me, and just amazing to see them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know, one of my favorite episodes is the the uh, it's I think it's called Father's Day, 
where Reggie and his father have that confrontation at right. the diner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Great episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that was I that. just, just, and Ron Rico's performance and, and Marlon Young, who yes. plays his father. Right. Just it blew me away. And think of all the people yes. in the audience who can relate to yes. that very same mm-hmm. issue. Yes. And yeah, mm-hmm. and there was a divide on social media. People, some people with that particular episode, regardless, <clears throat> and I think it's a cultural thing, regardless of what your parent may or may not have done. Mm-hmm. Don't disrespect your family, <laughs> your father, your mother. Don't yeah. you dare. True. And there were people True. who we had some so he Especially was, black fellas. We don't be playing. Uh, right. You know, and his father was awful. Yeah. Like, you know, he was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. abusive right. and, you know, all of that. Stop the air in the dirty laundry. Right. Exactly. Like, you show him respect. Um, but that episode really gets to me. It really It's one does. of my, I, I enjoy it because it put me in the mindset with my dad a couple years ago when I had to, like, Dress him up and down mm. Where I just got tired of stuff I'm Like I'm gonna tell you With the realness And <laughs> uh, my mother was so upset Like yeah. you don't talk No matter what You don't talk to your mm-hmm. father And yeah. but sometimes, still backed him up I'm like <laughs> Woman <laughs> You, you ain't been married through, to him In 30 years you you about? That But it was one of those moments Where I felt <laughs> like I had as an adult Yeah Sometimes you got to have those conversations, mm-hmm. and I just remember Absolutely. my mother from that. But sometimes it's for you. It is for me, and it, it was for, for him you. to know, and mm-hmm. I need my other siblings to hear it too. But it's one of those moments when when that was going on, I was like, "Oh my God!" It's like watching me, you know, <laughs> and just right. having that that moment. And sometimes someone was like, "No matter what, you got to respect." No, you know what? You can respect, but you can also talk yep. and you say some to, stuff. Yeah, you and have, have to some protect words. yourself yes. as an adult, especially if you come from an abusive background. Yes. you have to protect yourself. Right. You can't, otherwise the pattern will continue and you, you know, you're in that abusive relationship all over again. Right. And when will the cycle of abuse stop right. if you don't confront it? And put some parameters, like this is how it's going to be now. Right. Because <laughs> you know. if you have children, that will be imparted on the children. The intergenerational stuff so that comes up. So you have out. to stop it. Right. <clears throat> and you can do it in a respectful way, right. but you have to preserve your adult space. Right. And abuse will stop when you decide it will stop. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Yeah. So two on things, that note. Two things. Okay. For the writers out there, just one book. Mm-hmm. So you know how we're always big on writers taking care of themselves and doing exercise. You know, I'm a big thing on Walker and helping mm-hmm. you walk. And like when you need a break from writing to get up and go walk because it helps stimulate those creative mm-hmm. juices in your endorphins. I work out. But- a book mm-hmm. I want to recommend to everybody is How to Walk by Thich Nhat Hanh. is one of my favorite books. And it really, it's, it's one of those books. If you know anything about Thich Nhat Hanh, um, you can Google them. But the book is called How to Walk. And I think it's a really good book in terms for writers to get a little exercise and to help have your feet, help your mind, get mm-hmm. it together. Another thing I want to give to you guys, and you, you need to get this. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> but I do have what are called adult coloring books, which literally it's a coloring book for grown people to color, like get some crayons and stuff like that. So they got books where you can like butterflies or really more complex, not the typical child ones mm-hmm. where the easy pictures to learn. How to, these are like complex, really nice, gorgeous ones. But there's a new one I just got <laughs> that I think that writers who are like me, especially if you write dark stuff or dramas or you're writing something that's not you so happy. you to come out of it. Yes. <laughs> the coloring book is called Calm the Fuck Down, <laughs> an irreverent adult coloring book by Sasha O'Hara. Mm-hmm. And literally, it's a coloring book. They even have a test page where you can test out your crowns and stuff like that. <laughs> but one of my favorite ones, they have um, different stuff like something to do until the volume kicks in. Uh, me? Sarcasm? Never. There's one that says home is where the vodka is. Uh, one is I began as an orgasm. Gee, so it's oh, grown wow. up. But what it is, uh, 
and this is how I tell you to work it. If you get a coloring book, whatever kind you want to get, it sounds weird, but this is one of those exercises because back in the OBS days, I would do like these brain exercises mm-hmm. to help people like get into right the creative flow. Room. Right. Mm-hmm. So that kind of right left brain. <clears throat> you get yourself a coloring book. And before you do any writing, like, get the good. Like, I was so excited. I went to Michael's, <laughs> and I bought a brand new thing that has 150 different crayons, metallic, glitter, like a whole, 150. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was 10 years old again, <laughs> with a little sharpener. She got the premium Listen, brand. Listen, I got the premium. I'm grown up adult. Like, I'm grown folks. But what you do is, if you're a right-handed person, you color with your left hand. You can do it, like, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day. You just color, like a little kid. And what that does is it calms your brain down. It relaxes Because you got to focus. Yeah, it teaches you to focus. And it really does is to help you get into your space, to call your muse, to get you prepped. And then when you start writing your different things, it's just to help you get focused. I use it to, do, to, to get clarification, to get myself clear, to get ready to write. And then, of course, I use the How to Walk book, which is basically when you take those breaks to either go to the restroom, get a snack, go outside and walk and get some air. Mm-hmm. These are little things that sound like, oh, they sound cheesy, corner, corny. I'm just letting you know, these are things that actually work. If you're a real serious it's writer, so mm-hmm. you need to have some tools so to true. help you um, just use those brains and just use that creativity. Mm-hmm. So like I said, you don't have to get the kind of adult crawling book like I have, like this one. Um, I love the sound you make when you shut up, and it has a nice parrot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just fun. Like, this is the fun. Right. one for me but right. I have other ones that are like intricate butterflies there's some that have intricate patterns and mm-hmm. sometimes that like little um, Sanskrit writings mm-hmm. and things just to help you create and get back to when you were a kid when you were cre- being creative as a child was normal and natural mm-hmm. we've gotten away from it it's a way for you to get away from being your on phone, your phone, phone your all computer. the time Absolutely. it's a way for you to get in touch with that creative child that you used to be so I just want to throw those two things out for sure. the writers I'm always trying to find fun stuff that I do to help other writers but like I said but please get this one if you grown up like me it's called Calm the Fuck Down cool. an Irreverent Adult Coloring Book. Okay? I remember hearing in a previous episode you talk about that you weren't, you don't experience writer's block. I don't. Mm. And that is. I don't either. Pro- yeah. You mm. work on something else. I'm right. too busy. Yeah. Or I'm researching. I'm getting up and doing things. Writer, when we say writer's block, what we're really saying is we don't really want to do the work. Yeah, that's right. what we're really saying. Right. It's like yeah. I'm not serious. Right, that's yeah. what you're really saying. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody goes blank on something, but I'm like, if you go blank, then move on to something. Go else. for a walk. Listen to you music. I, I'll never forget listening in another previous podcast mm-hmm. of yours, and you were the one who inspired me to like every day you should be doing something. If you don't want to write, every you can you can listen to a podcast. You, can, you know what I mean? You can something read. You can, yes. And and we That's have right. the only job that where we watch a TV show or a movie is research. It's research. It's research. You know what I mean? Right. Especially if you really watch and dissect like we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Analyze what fucking page we are. How did how did they move from that transition to that transition? You know what I mean? All those things are, are research. And so Absolutely. if you learn to put that hat on right. and analyze things, you'll you'll realize, boy, I could spend a whole week watching TV. Or make your your own TV show or film soundtrack. A lot of times I'll do that to get in the mood. Mm -hmm. I'll go and listen to music and I'll get on my iPod and I'll make a a soundtrack or a SoundCloud thing with like, this is the type of music. Like, if this was my movie, this is the shit that be popping off in the background. And listen to it and then you can just loop that and as you're writing, Mm -hmm. your characters, find theme songs for each of your characters and just play that stuff. And what it does is it just opens up your brain to be more creative. I encourage people to write to a soundtrack. I mean, a lot of people need it quite and so I, I don't know. How, I mean, you come in here, y'all hear me. The music's yeah. blasting, 
and I'll make a whole soundtrack in the tone of the style yes. or whatever it is. If it's horror, I'm playing freaking Marilyn Manson and all. I mean, it's yes. like right. my, getting old school. Neighbors be looking like, what is he doing? Yes. You know what? Yes. You're, you're entering. You're creating the world. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. You know, I'm right now trying to find, and I opened it up. For today, like trying to find the theme song for my character okay. for, or my pilot. Mm-hmm. Like what what defines him? Right. What mm-hmm. is this about? Like I I was off the mark, but I had gone back to Cheryl Pepsi Riley thing for my yes. child. So I was like, well, and then I listened to it. I was like, well, that's not the right song for this character. But I loved it. I loved it back in the day. That's very funny. Ah, that's too funny. All right. But let's end this episode. All right. Little Tracy, you got to go. Yes. All right. Well, thank y'all. We appreciate having y'all here. I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Follow the show. <clears throat> Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. Um, any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. And if we start getting a lot of them, I'll start blasting you guys on the show. You know? And what else, what else, what else, what else? That's all. Oh, wait. And uh, condolences to the family of Nelson uh, oh, yeah. Ellis. Who Ooh, passed away. Rest uh, in power. Rest Nelson in power. Ellis. And um, it was a huge loss uh, for the, the acting community, but mm-hmm. just in terms of just one of our talented <clears throat> black actors that was just a gifted, really talented person. So I was devastated when I heard the news, but want to make sure that people realize how appreciated he was and condolences mm-hmm. to his family and um, a lot of love for his son because he does have a little son that he left behind. So oh. just make sure that, you know, yeah. have him in your thoughts and prayers. And, you know, it's really tough when you are trying to write and create things for these amazing actors. And yeah. when you lose one, it just makes it tough. So reach out to your loved ones. Yes. Too. Exactly. Prodigy. Yeah, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been it's been the last two years. It's just yes. been crazy. Yeah. Been rough. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. 2016. Um, people woo! were low. People yeah. couldn't wait for 2016 okay. listen. To, to, to exit. Listen, that heifer <laughs> had to go. She had, had to go. And on out. the last day, it was still taking people with, like at the yes. end, I think Carrie Fisher was at, at the end, yes. and her mother the next yeah. day. Like, you know you know what? George what? Michael was like, okay. really? Yeah. Y'all doing it? extra now. You know Stop what? it. Right. 2016 was Prince last year? Prince was last year, right? Yes, he was. Yes. Anyway. David Bowie, everybody left. Anyway, we Maybe keep they saw going. What was coming. Uh, you know what? You're like, peace <laughs> out. Peace out. Anyway, it's a long episode. But um, <laughs> um, thank you, Shanae, for coming, hanging out with us, my new intern, helping us, helping us out. Um, and uh, oh, I want, we're going to start doing another little segment where we like, like you just recommended those. We need to figure out what we're going to call it, though. So I'm recommending everybody. Shit you should have. Everybody needs to listen to. I'm going to give you two podcasts. You need to listen to Paper Team, which I just did a spot on a few weeks ago. And you need to listen to The Mogul. Yeah. You listen to that yet, Tracy? Superb. Dude. Yes. The Mogul is. Mogul is about the life and death of Chris Lighty, who's a music executive, big hip hop manager and executive. Okay. Came out of Def Jam for a long time. Wow. A lot of big hip hop artists who we know and love. He worked with Manage, Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, LL, Warren G. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. Um, I'm always pissed yeah. when it's done. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this should be an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like not long enough. It's like my childhood all over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. But wow. it's, it's so great. Good. So good. Great. Very, very well done. Very informative about, mm-hmm. um, you know, a formative time in, in hip hop and urban music. Yeah. And Paper Team is all for like um, 
younger writers mainly, but they're kind of like John and Craig, but the younger version. Okay. I mean, they the way they do the detail, it's like all like perfectly done and scored and everything, you know. Oh, wow! <clears throat> and um, so check out Paper Team. They're, Does the, it come out of that notion of putting two writers together who really yeah. aren't a, a team? But, I think so. Okay, I think so. But I mean, it's, I think it's a perfect freaking name, right? Oh yeah, that, I mean? yeah. that's the first thing I thought. Was Definitely. Like, Paper Team. Hmm. And neither one of them has been fully staffed on a show yet. But they both have been assistants. They're, they've written things for different people, but for like big producers. And so they know a ton. They know the game. They're so smart. So I recommend yeah. you guys you listen to the show. Them in if they're out here. Oh, well, actually, they were going to try to come today, too. Okay. But everybody's good. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have them in August yeah. at some point. Yeah. So, um, so check out those two shows. Um, big shout out to everybody who's listening to the show. We appreciate you guys all over the world. Um, um, show's growing. You know, we just keep growing. So it's a good thing. Uh, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's yeah. an amazing. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Luther. Appreciate it. And thank you, thank you, Tracy. You guys, it just—if your mission is to educate uninformed writers, mm-hmm. you are doing a hell of a job. Thank, thank you. To say, thank yeah. You. I mean, again, I'm listening two, three times, taking notes. <laughs> Recognizing people's voices. Wait, I know you for so and so. You don't know your face, right? But I know your I, voice. I know that voice, yes. and you did Hillary Child. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you got. I'm like, the one with Spiro. Mm-hmm. There's so many mm-hmm. episodes mm-hmm. that it just you're teaching people the game. You taught me. Like, thank you, oh, thank you. That's week. why. That's why we did it, Lisa. And Tracy, we we all were teaching at OBS at Organization of Black Screen Writers. You know what I mean? This is why we started this. Basically, we just it, wanted a basically is our parking lot conversations. Yeah, Meeting all me of over, us. Remember Tracy? We'd be out there. So real. We'd be out there like, going in. Right. So real. People need to know the game. Mm-hmm. It's a business. Mm-hmm. And when I got a, I don't know why I had a sixth sense that I may be staffed soon. I didn't know how it was going to come about because I even mm-hmm. did the Writers Guild that the room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. I was on that. Um, I went back to Terrell's episode because it oh, really? was so specific okay. yeah. about his journey. Okay. I just had this inkling that I should. I'm gonna go back and listen my, to it. I've listened to it since because you, yeah, you really, I mean, you go in and then yeah. you start schooling him, okay. like, oh, save your money and this, yeah. da da da, yeah. like how to pitch and all of that. Mm-hmm. I was like. <laughs> well good I love to hear that man That's great That's great Well thank you Luther Absolutely Tracy, Thank you Lisa, Thank you yes. Honored Shanae Appreciate it girl Alright y'all Well y'all know how we do it On the rant room On the show we keep it real mm. We keep it opinionated We keep it what everybody All right. 2017 Peace y'all Peace I'ma say what I feel and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rain So you wanna be a rider? Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.